Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. It is another jam-packed edition of Fantasy Sports Daily on a Thursday. Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers with you, powered by FantasyGuru.com. And Hey, the show's always jam-packed. I get it. Today's no different. A lot of football Thursday nights coming your way, baseball, soccer. Uh, we'll get all that in. It's also jam-packed, Ray Flowers, because before today's program, um, I have been placed in charge of, uh, for some reason, my my, my father-in-law had a an eye of round cut of meat okay. that he needed to have cooked. Mm-hmm. He had no time for it. He assumed okay. I would. Um, I have never cooked such an item for those who don't know. And I really didn't before, but it's, it's roast beef. It's like sliced roast beef. It's going to be, you know, reddish and, you know, stuff in the middle. It's a big hunk of, you know, it's not tenderloin, but it's a big hunk. And, and they usually in the nice sandwich roast beef, like yeah. you would for a French dip, that okay. kind of. Okay. All right. So I have been spending my morning, Ray, figuring out how the hell I'm going to cook this. So that that's, that's kind of distracted me from the matter at hand just a bit. Oh, well, I was, uh, I actually did something crazy this morning myself. Uh, I slept into my alarm. Awesome. So I and I don't remember. I mean, it's been probably three months since my alarm actually woke me up. So I lost like 15 minutes this morning, Kyle. So I've been scrambled. No, I just. But that was weird. Do you have? Yeah. Do you wake up for your alarm every day, or does do you, you know? Because I uh, no, we, I haven't used an alarm in years. Uh, ever since I've gotten married, my my wife is always an early riser. So even before the child came on board. I, I started to write, you know, I'm a seven and it, it's one of those things. All parents know this, even when you don't have the kids or they're somewhere else or you're on vacation or you still wake up at seven. Yeah. Like I, I can't sleep in anymore, which I'm fine with. I, I have found Ray that life is much better when you get up early than when you get up late. I, my alarm set for seven Oh two. And I usually get up at six 42 Cause I don't want to be, I can't be seven. I don't want to be one of the masses. I'm my own person, Kyle. So Ray, Ray's through the t- top of the hour news update. He, he doesn't <laughs> yeah, I don't need to hear that. Kevin Sharp. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you're awake now um, at 8.05 Pacific time. Uh, we are glad everybody's awake with us. We, we love doing this each and every day, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, you can follow us on uh, YouTube. we got a channel with a, with a lot of stuff on that YouTube channel. So do check it out. Uh, what do what, what we, uh, for those who haven't been on the YouTube channel, what do they type in? Is it fantasy? Is it elite fantasy channel? It's, I'm trying to... yeah, it's youtube.com slash elite plus network. Elite plus network. So it's okay. at elite plus, so it's youtube.com slash at the symbol at elite plus network. You can also just type in elite plus network. We're the first of hopefully many shows. So that's why it's not named after fantasy sports daily. It's a network that we're starting to build. I, I should know this. Are all the previous 33 episodes, I mean, you can find them on YouTube. It's endless. It, it's, yeah. There's uh, a whole section there. So you just go to the you know, youtube.com slash at elite plus network. Uh, you click on playlists and it, it, it comes up. You click on uh, videos. It comes up. But yeah, so on, when you go on the homepage, since it's live, it's right at the top. Yeah. But uh, just click on the playlists and you'll see Fantasy Sports Daily there and it'll have every show we've done. This, this is magical, Ray. If I'm lucky enough to turn 75, it'll be fun to be able to go back on YouTube, you know, 30 years into the future and say, wow, look, look how I used to, to appear. And, and, you know, this too, we, we've done shows together for the people that don't know for like 13 plus years now. I have the show plans 
for every show. I don't know if you, mm. you, you write everything down in your book. I save it on the computer. So I've got 13 years of show plans. <laughs> so every once in a while, I, you know, randomly kick on, you know, 2014. I'm like, oh, what are we talking? You know, so yeah, it's kind of cool. 13 years of show plans, but today is different. They're all different. That's the beauty of uh, not only sports, but what we do here at FSD. Uh, let's tell you what we got coming your way. Uh, there you see it. Uh, wide receivers this week. Man, I was putting together like the injury list and kind of getting up to date on, on where everybody stood, getting set for week 15. And receiver after receiver after receiver appears to be in a situation. So I said, Kyle. For some reason, this is screaming at you. Let's talk receivers. So we'll give you a rundown of all the big-name receivers who probably are questionable uh, heading into the weekend. Um, and then we will talk over the position. Um, let it be known, in a year where scoring overall has been very down in the NFL, we are still getting big, big games, even beyond Tyree Kill from the wide receiver position. So we'll kind of uh, pull back and take a, take a, a high view, if you will, of everything going on at that position and uh, maybe talk about the uh, year ahead. You know, guys who are excelling this year, does it mean they'll excel for next season? We'll get you a Thursday night preview with Ryan Clifford. Chargers are on the road against the Raiders. We can tell you, uh, Ray, already Keenan Allen is out. And we got a report right before the show that Josh Jacobs is truly in doubt for this game tonight. So Allen is done and Josh Jacobs, right? If he gives way, it's going to be Zamir White night, I guess, in Vegas. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, in a couple of leagues where I do have Zamir White, those are the leagues I didn't make the playoffs. Uh, so that's unfortunate <laughs> because I had in one league I'd been holding him all season long, um, and I didn't have Josh Jacobs. He was just the last guy on the bench. But yeah, I think that you know he is someone that I've added in multiple leagues this week. I'm sure the listeners, uh, viewers, have as well. And it's tough because you know. I'd be surprised if Jacobs plays at this point, right? Because it's a short week and he didn't look yeah. good at the end of the game. And, you know, what really are they playing for kind of thing? Uh, but the question then becomes, what does Zamir White become? My assumption, and I think it's a fair assumption, is that he takes over the backfield and gets 15 touches. Now, that's my assumption. I, I, I think that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you know, Amir Abdullah is not a guy that should be running between the tackles. But what if it's nine touches? And what if it's nine touches for Abdullah? And what if, you know, Aiden O'Connell and the offense don't work again? And, and what if, you know, there's a setback with Devontae Adams? So it's one of those things where it makes a lot of sense to play him, but there's still so much, like, consternation here as we hit the fantasy playoffs. We'll get the views of uh, Ryan Clifford, who always handles the showdown column over at fantasyguru.com. He's going to join us in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, that will begin the 15th week of the NFL season out of the 18 that we play. I bring that up because we are getting set for game week 17 in the English Premier League. They play 38, by the way, Ray, just so you know. Um, Ani Sridhar is going to join us. We like to do that on Thursdays, kind of a quick look ahead to what we've got coming up on the fantasy and DFS side for the English Premier League. And then we will uh, conclude with Ray's uh, favorite topic, uh, the L.A. Dodgers. They're back in the news, still in the news, and uh, Ray insists anytime we can talk the Dodgers, let's do it. I don't know. He's from San Francisco, but he loves complaining about the Dodgers. So we'll talk about that in just a bit. As always, we point you in the direction of the various promo codes. Uh, you see them there, FSD20, which is kind of the running, the regular, the one we've had from the get-go. And then, Ray, we've got the holiday special, the Ho-Ho special as the kids are calling it. Yes, H-O-H-O, ho-ho. That gets you all the football product throughout the Super Bowl. That's the betting piece. That's the seasonal piece. And that's the DFS piece. So that's all the way through the Super Bowl for the football product. Promo code ho-ho. And, you know, a lot of people we've talked, hopefully everyone listening is still playing. And that, you know, hope, I know some probably aren't. Their teams didn't go right or there's an injury or your opponent had some huge effort in week 14. 
still be with us. Play play the game through the DFS angle. Play the game with the betting side of things. You can do all that with the promo code HO HO. Absolutely. And as always, if uh, you are getting set for the uh, postseason here in week 15, or maybe you're just looking to make roster moves, you got general questions, whatever it may be, uh, maybe suggestions on how I can cook the uh, eye of round or whatever it's called. I, I see Khan in the room says sous vide, sous vide. Sous vide. There you go, Khan. Sous vide. Yeah, I don't do that. I, it was that with the water bag and you put it in a bag yeah. and boil it. Nah, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I need a crust, you know. I can't have just boiled beef. <laughs> it tastes good. It tastes good. It's very tender. I'm sure it soft. tastes good. I'm yeah, sure yeah. it tastes good, but not my, I, I'm, I'm doing the, I'm bringing out the big pan, right? Old school. Okay. Throw it in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to cook it rare. I, everything I've read about it is do not overcook this thing. Okay. So I will, I will uh, fall on the side of uh, being a little loose with the timing. Do you, do you have a good meat thermometer? I do not. I, I am, I, I cook, but I'm not really a thermometer guy. I'm an eyeball guy. But Ray, this is something I think I should get. That we got a crappy one. We'll see how it works. But are you a meat thermometer guy? Yeah, we have one. We've got one of the you know I don't know, seventy five dollar you know electric yeah. ones. The well, whole that's thing. a nice one. Yeah, yeah, we have a nice one. It was given to me as a gift years ago. So, okay. uh, it, you know, it's one of those things that you can eyeball it. Yeah, but sometimes like with we cook a lot of pork and you can't tell it's kind of pinkish still, and you're always a little worried about you know. But yeah. uh, so, pork fine. If you bought pork from a supermarket, it's totally fine. Yeah, it's clean so, up. It's fine. So we, we, yeah, we I, my, my my meat thermometer ray is like you go to the butcher and they got the one that's in their pocket. Yeah. That's what I got. Okay, one of the six ninety nine ones. Thirties technology is what I'm rolling with here. with a little circle on top. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I'll, I'll report back tomorrow if I'm able to with, with how the uh, beef turned out. Um. Anyway, let's get to receivers, Ray. Okay. Uh, like I said, going through the injury reports yesterday, scanning them, and it's like, wow, receiver after receiver after receiver. Uh, here are the DNPs from Wednesday. Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, uh, Hollywood Brown, Christian Watson, Deontay Johnson, Nico Collins. All of those guys, Ray, are starters <laughs> everywhere. Um, of that, and hey, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, they at best were limited. Now, both those guys say they're going to play. Remember, they play on Saturday, Cincinnati and Minnesota. Uh, but it sounds like both those guys are going to give it a go. Uh, Ray, Tyree Kill, who knows? I mean, he came back on Monday, but he was not Tyree Kill. And man, if you take away his speed and his ability to tear away from a defense, what are you dealing with? But that's a lot of names that we, I don't know if we worry about, but we have to be concerned about here on a Thursday. Yeah, and this storyline has been something that, you know, the crew at Fantasy Guru has talked about. Jeff Manns on the Elite Sports Show on Series XM mentioned it too. And I don't know if you saw, I think I sent it to you, like Tyree kills in and out of the game. His ankle's an issue, right? He's not playing a full confidence snaps, And he's out there celebrating a touchdown. Like you've talked about going nuts on a touchdown <laughs> celebration. He's doing a wheelbarrow. And it's like, he's, on, he's, he's the guy that's the wheelbarrow. So his hands are on the ground and he's walking and his feet are being held right by his ankle as they're pushing it. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? So I see that, and it's I tend to think that you know he's okay because it's like if he's good enough to do the wheelbarrow yeah. celebration. He should be fine yeah. to play football. That's your standard. That's my stance. <laughs> now the things change, right? The thing swells up and all that. But he's had he'll have time to work through it. He'll be on the field, right? And then the question is how much. One of the good things about Tyreek Hill, and if you look at the numbers, like you see this, he does not play 95% of the snaps. He's not one of these wide receivers that's always out there. He could play 30 snaps and get nine targets, right? So. I think we're okay with Tyree Kill, but there's always the, the, the issue, um, you know, that he could have a setback with the ankle either before or during the game. 
Well, and, and I look at this list, and again, there's some big names here. Like I noted pretty well, these guys are starters for almost everybody in fantasy football. The, the question may become, Ray, um, let's assume, and this is a, it, it's a faulty assumption because probably one or two of these guys does miss. Who, who knows who it is, but but let's assume, Ray, um, all these guys are playing. And I always kind of fall into to the idea of, hey, these guys play no matter what. If they're like Tyree Kill, to me, that's obvious. Everybody, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, like to me, that's obvious. These guys play. Um, is Olave's there for you, right? I mean, Chris Olave, DJ Moore, these guys play if they're out there, right? Yeah, I agree with you. Yes. Uh, DJ yeah. Moore is integral. And we saw this as he's getting, you know, carries and touchdowns. He's integral to what the, the Bears are doing. So I'm starting him. He's a wide receiver one this season. I would start him if he's out active. Olave's more challenging. Olave generally catches five passes for 65, 70 yards. And he's done that virtually all season long. He's been dealing with illness. There was, I don't know there was if there was an undiagnosed head issue, but he got hit at the goal line on the touchdown. He was slow getting up from that. I, I get the sense that he's kind of in that Derek Carr zone where his body's really starting to say it's been a long season. Mm-hmm. But if I had a lave, I agree with you completely. He's a top 20 receiver and he's starting for me as well. Godwin Marquise Brown. <laughs> now we're now we're getting into a slightly shadier area, I think. Yeah, Marquise Brown. Um no. I just and I and you know that we've talked about I'm not a Marquise Brown guy, never been a Marquise Brown guy. The hope was that Kyler Murray would return, they'd find that old friendship and things would happen. Fireworks, if you will, hasn't happened. Uh, Marquise Brown's basically going on two months of being like a wide receiver four. Like I just, no, I would, I'd be very cautious starting him with the heel injury. And then Godwin, I think the the question with Godwin is answered. What do you need with that spot? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we talked about this on the elite sports show yesterday was Pickens or Godwin. I'm like, look, I know Godwin, despite what happened a couple weeks ago, Godwin's catching five passes for 51 yards. I know that. Is he catching seven passes for 90 yards and a touchdown? Probably not. George Pickens is going to catch, you know, two passes, three passes for 21 yards, or he's going to go 490 and a touchdown, right? It's like one mm-hmm. or the other with him. So I think the answer with Godwin comes down to what does your team need and what does your matchup look like? I would expect he plays and I expect him to basically be Chris Godwin. And these other guys like Christian Watson is not, he doesn't have to start if he's out there. Uh, Deontay Johnson doesn't. Nico Collins, like when I hear that name, Ray, I say, well, gosh, no, he doesn't have to start. But, Ray, then I look at scoring this year, and Nico Collins is a wide receiver one in a PPR setup. He's right at the end. He's yep. he's probably number 12 mm-hmm. in most leagues. But he's there. And, and I don't know, if you're a wide receiver one and you've been that way through 14 weeks, like would Nico Collins have to – like you're starting three receivers. Is, mm-hmm. is Nico Collins, if he's on the field, the top 30 dude? That That's a tough one for me. It is. I think that – the only league I have Nico Collins in is my dynasty league, and it's 16 teams, so you know he starts for me, right? Uh, I think that the answer with Collins is kind of team-dependent. Now, we don't know with C.J. Stroud yet. Hopefully, we'll get more clarification today on that or maybe tomorrow. It's still obviously very early in the week. Even if Davis Mills is out there, Davis Mills is a competent backup. We've seen him you know, play many, many games, start games in the NFL level for a couple of years. I think Nico Collins, at a worst-case scenario, if he's active, is probably wide receiver three. They don't have Tank Dell. We're not really positive with Noah Brown. I think he should play all the snaps and, and get some run here as well. Woods, Hutchinson, Mechie, these guys, you know, we're still uncertain about Dalton Schultz, so it sounds like he's trending back. So there's a lot that we still need to figure out with the, the uh, Houston Ball Club. But I think in general, I would say in three wide receiver leagues, of course, Collins is a start. You say in general, let's get specific. Rob has a question involving Collins, and it looks like it sounds like 
we have three spots with four players. It's kind of what we're looking at. Olave, Collins, Laporta, and Hopkins. Um, and assuming Olave and Collins play, maybe the decision will be taken out of Rob's hand and we'll have an injury, a guy sitting down. To me, I think Olave plays. I think Hopkins plays against Houston. I'd have to have him in there. Laporta or Collins, I might go Laporta over over Collins, Ray. Mm-hmm. That's a little difficult for I know Laporta was awful last week. I think I said this on Monday. You if you look at his season. It's just the Bears. It's just the Bears that have shut him down. Every other game, he's 60 yards or more. Um, now, but Collins, Ray, can have 150 yards receiving. That's the difference. Laporta is not really pour, pulling that off. Probably the safe play is Olave, Collins, and Hopkins, because you're going to be hating yourself, Ray, if if Collins goes for 4-125 in a score. You're going to be hating. And, and that could happen. Whereas Laporta, if it's 5 for 70, it hurts, but you're not you're not hating yourself on Monday morning. Yeah, and I would say, Rob, great group, right? There's not a wrong answer here. A lot of questions. It's like, well, do I start Mechie or Hutchinson? It's like, oh boy, yeah. you don't have, you have that. Now, I would also say, Rob, that I hate this Laporta and Hawkinson. You know, you well, got he, two he later. He has Hawkinson, so he's got two yeah. really upper end tight ends that have to start every week. Two top five guys every week. One of them should have been traded. Because, you know, you're, you're in essence blocking a guy like Olave or Collins from being in your lineup every week, and you start more receivers than you do tight ends. I think this answer, it comes down kind of to what we were just talking about with Godwin. I, and you described it well, Kyle. I think that, you know, Collins is in danger of a, of a setback even if he plays. He's in danger of a setback. We saw that he played three snaps last week, right? He's had injuries previous to last week. Uh, there's uncertainty with the quarterback position. We don't know with C.J. Stroud. Laporta is very likely – to get back in that five to six catch zone with the 50 plus yards with the ability to score a touchdown this week. Just like you said, he's very likely to do that, but he's kind of like Chris Godwin. There's not the, there's not a high likelihood of there being nine 90 and two. It's just not, it's not there. Uh, If I had to play one of these two, like it's really hard for me to sit Deandre Hopkins. I mean, Mm -hmm. he gets 10 targets every week from, you know, he's the number one with a bullet, the number one option for his offense. Um, I'd play Hopkins over Laporta. Um, but you know, again, this is a tough call. Yeah, tough call. More information needed, as we like to say on a Thursday. Um, and again, we got games on Saturday, so decisions will have to be made soon. And some of you tonight are even making decisions. We will get to uh, tonight's game in just a bit with Ryan Clifford. Before we go in that direction, Ray, the other thing I wanted to pile on with wide receivers, we were talking about Nico Collins, who's been a wide receiver one. And obviously, we still have a month to go, but. Talking about these injuries and these big-name guys, I thought it was worth a uh, kick of the tires, a check-in, uh, a heat check, as they say, on, on the position and what we've gotten. Um, and again, this is PPR scoring, pretty general, only six points, you know, point every 10 yards, that kind of stuff. Um, here, here's your top 12 wide receiver ones. Tyreek Hill's at the top, and he's kind of blowing away the field. He's, he's up by 40 points. Ray, I'm, I'm going to go one by one. You tell me. What I want to kind of know is, would these guys be wide receiver ones going into next year? Okay. Like, would you feel good about what they did this year, and that makes them, you know, a repeat candidate? Right. Tyreek Hill, we'll start there. Fair yes, wide receiver fair. one. Yep. Now, does he have an argument, Ray? Okay, McCaffrey maybe goes one. Would you take him ahead of, like, a Jefferson or a Chase or maybe a Lamb or a – like, can Tyreek Hill possibly go, like, number two? in a PPR setup next year. That's doable, right? It's doable. I wouldn't do it. I'm not a Tyreek Hill guy. I'm just not. Uh, And, you know, we've talked about this forever. The ability to repeat history, look at Justin Jefferson, 
the ability to repeat historic performances is really small. So I, I think, yes, he's in the conversation. For me, he wouldn't be this choice. C.D. Lamb's number two this year. I think he's absolutely a wide receiver one next year. Is he a first-round pick next year? Well, again, how people draft, yeah, he's going to be, of course, because uh, mm -hmm. people really heavily favor what's happened previously. I think that what we're seeing from Lamb makes him a wide receiver one. I think it's almost impossible to envision more from C.D. Lamb, which, of course, we don't need. Uh, he's just such an integral part, just like DJ Moore, such an integral part of what they're doing there. And the offense is an effective one, obviously, with the Cowboys. Yes, he's a first-round pick. Keenan Allen. <laughs> he's still there, still getting it done. He's the third best receiver this year in PPR. Would he be a wide receiver one going into next year? I think he'll be a wide receiver one heading into next season. I would anticipate there be a coaching change. We've talked about this. We'll see. I think a lot of what Allen's outlook is for next season will be determined by the next four weeks because there's a chance that the Chargers shut him down. They got yeah. nothing to play I, for. I think tonight that he's not playing, Ray, is kind of like yeah. we don't have Herbert. Are we going to send you out there to get killed catching passes from Easton Stick? And I, I'm not saying that's the reason, but I think it was an easy, you know, an easy will not play decision for him. Yeah, tonight. and maybe that's an easy decision moving forward. If he sits out the last four games or a couple of the last four, whatever it is, we'll get the old talk of this guy always misses games. We'll get yeah. the talk. Look at the birth certificate. So that will have a huge impact on his draft spot next year. Four, five, six this year. AJ Brown, Chase, and Diggs. I think it's fair, you know, assuming nothing crazy happens, it's fair to say all those guys will be wide receiver ones. Um, all Is Diggs still up for, like, first round? I, I think Brown and Chase definitely will be. How about Diggs? Diggs has got six points, six points, 19 points, six points the last four games. And he apparently, I don't know if he's going A.J. Brown, but he's A.J. Brown Jr. There's some things percolating there. There's some problems there. I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to say yes. And I think the overall production would suggest yes, but I I, I want to see what happens with him in the offseason. I'm a little concerned. DJ Moore is at seven. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I'm, I'm struggling that he's that high, right? <laughs> working with the Bears and working with Bajent and Fields. Impressive and, and surprising he's the seventh best receiver. I mean, the answer to this one all is we have to wait because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Like if it's if they yeah, well, fields, they, they're, it's like last year, right? Everybody's saying, Oh, you got to draft a quarterback at one, and it was dumb then. Mm -hmm. The Bears made the right decision. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be dumb if they move on from fields. I, I'm just saying it now. That is not the decision they need to be making. Yeah, at least, if not more, at least half the NFL would take Justin Fields in a heartbeat to be their quarterback. So, but we have to wait and see because there are obviously rumors that they're going to take yeah. a quarterback and they're going to move on from fields reset that situation in terms of the, the money because fields is getting closer to really getting paid so i don't know with more but I, i'm going to say wide receiver one but i don't think first round i'm on ross st brown i think in ppr yeah he'll be a wide receiver mm -hmm. one mike evans is kind of in the keenan allen world Ray, right mm -hmm. where nobody really wants him as their top mm -hmm. receiver but he always kind of performs as a top receiver exactly yeah and you know, there's obviously who's the quarterback, what's the offense going to look like, what are they going to do to bolster that unit. Uh, but as we sit here now, I would say Mike Evans is a wide receiver one. I don't think he's a first-round pick, though. Puka Nakua is still number 10 in a PPR setup. I don't think anybody's going to consider him a wide receiver one. But but he'll definitely be a two, don't you think, Ray? I mean, maybe a low-end two, but probably a two next season. I mean, he... 
scored 17 points per game roughly to date, right? He's averaging 12.8 points the last six games. So he's basically a bottom-level wide receiver, too, the last six games. He was a superstar at the start of the season. I don't know. What do the Rams look like? Who's the, uh, Is McVay back? Is Stafford back? You know, the, all this stuff. So I think I would not, not expect back. it. But may not be back. Who knows what they yeah, do it's there. true. It's true. Yeah. So at this point in time, I would say he's not going to be drafted as a wide receiver one. Michael Pittman's a wide receiver one this year. PPR set up again. He's racking up catches. Um, probably more of a high end two next year, don't you think? Even with Richardson. And in fact, maybe Richardson hurts Michael Pittman. I don't know. Perhaps he will. I mean, Pittman, it, Pittman leads football to people that haven't looked into it. He leads football in games with eight catches. It's like 10 of 13 games. He's caught eight passes. Like, this has really gone underreported because he doesn't have 14 do. touchdowns and the Colts aren't a great team. He has been spectacular working with Minshew because he's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. He is He's the floor. This makes no sense. But he's the elite receiver with the floor. But he's not the elite receiver with the top. So, I, you know. Eh, I don't think people will look at him as a as an elite wide receiver, but if he's your wide receiver one, you know your team's built a little bit differently. I don't think we're gonna have a problem with that. And then twelfth overall is uh, again Nico Collins. Somehow, some way, he is in there, Nico Collins, and uh, that it's. I don't think anybody's thinking first round. Nobody's thinking wide receiver one. Uh, that'll be a situation absolutely where we're gonna have to see how the year finishes. And remember. Uh, guys like Justin Jefferson have not been wide receiver ones this year because of injuries. They'll obviously be first round picks going into next season. So just wanted to run through um, a few of those items when we talk wide receivers and the guys who are uh, quite good this year and whether or not they can sustain that going into next season. And again, a lot of injured wide receivers going into week 15. Uh, so if you got guys like Hill, Olave, Jefferson, and Chase, uh, do follow those practice reports and the latest on the injury front, Discord, all that stuff. As we lead into the weekend, uh, moving ahead to tonight, we've already told you Keenan Allen is out tonight. Devontae Adams um, is dealing with an illness, but the latest says he should be okay for tonight. Uh, so we'll see if Adams is out there. Let's get a preview of the Thursday nighter between the Chargers and the Raiders. And back with us on Fantasy Sports Daily to talk about the showdown slate is our friend Ryan Clifford. His column goes up uh, each and every Monday, Thursday, and into Sunday with these one-game slates. Uh, Ryan, a pleasure to have you back in. And uh, like I said, we already know Keenan Allen is out. Um, sounds like Josh Palmer is back, but we're dealing with Easton Stick. <laughs> this is a lot of moving parts on the Chargers side. It's kind of hard to guess where they're going to go, is it not? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of tough. Earlier in the week, Brandon Staley said that we're going to look at Josh Palmer coming back to the lineup, but probably not getting his full complement of snaps but you know they may be forced to kind of throw him in there back back in a full-time role um because they just who else do they have really you know uh quentin johnston obviously is gonna kind of have to step up here as the wide receiver one um jalen guyton's kind of taken a backseat to alex erickson in the past few weeks uh it's really a mess here well ryan if you had to build a team with someone catching passes from the Chargers, who's it going to be? Because Palmer, you know, I, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, 6,200. He's expensive relative to his teammates. Are you going a receiver? Are you going a tight end? Who would you use in a lineup tonight from the Chargers as a pass catcher? Yeah, I, you know, I kind of look at 
the kind of middle of the field and dump off passes Austin Eckler is a guy that jumps out to me. That's cheating, Ryan. Gerald, I said wide receiver or tight end. <laughs> Gerald Everett uh, and Josh Palmer probably will play in the slot without Keenan Allen there. So um, those three probably are my top three pass catchers for the Chargers. Um, still just, you know, not really seeing what I'd like to out of Quentin Johnston to, you know, trust in him. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't trust either of these offenses tonight. Well, you mentioned Austin Eckler and let's dig into him. Cause I, I think he's the second most expensive guy behind Devonte Adams. And there, there's a line of thought, Ryan, that says, look exactly what you just said. This is a mess. So what's Easton stick going to do? He's going to throw 13 passes to Austin Eckler. <laughs> what are your thoughts with using Eckler tonight? Again, expensive, but it certainly seems like the, the plan should be to have him be not just the centerpiece of the offense, but kind of the offense this evening. Yeah, for sure. You know, going into last week's game, they talked about bringing Isaiah Spiller up and they would split the reps between the running backs and, you know, run with the hot hand. Well, predictably, Eckler was the hot hand. Um, it's a short week, so maybe we see more of Spiller, Josh Kelly. Um, but like you said, yeah, I mean, if, if they want to win this game, you know, Austin Eckler's got to be the focus. Do you like the idea of Spiller being somewhere on a build because he's rather cheap? You know, maybe as your quote-unquote punt, he probably doesn't drop to that price tag. But does Spiller kind of work as your last dude on the roster um, with building tonight? Yeah, he's no more more no more than a punt for me, uh, and I, I think I like some guys better than him, you know, in that lower price range that are not going to take the field very often. So I'm not going to have much Spiller tonight. I, I wouldn't recommend that. Ryan Clifford with us, previewing Chargers Raiders. Um, obviously, the big news, it sounds like Josh Jacobs probably out for this game. Um, I'm looking at price tags over at uh, DraftKings. Uh, 3K for Zamir White, if you use him as a flex. As a captain, 4,500. When was the last time you used a captain and only paid 4,500, Ryan? I mean, is that extremely rare that, that you'd ever have that kind of bargain when it comes to a captain possibility? Yeah, I mean, it really only happens in these instances where a starter goes down and you've got a backup kind of step up into a starting role. And, you know, the week before was kind of priced in his backup role. So, yeah, Zamir White, I don't like the Raiders' offensive line. Um, they've got, I think, two guys that are going to be out for this game, two of their starters along the offensive line, Colton Miller and, and their center. Um, so I don't love Zamir White. I think everybody's going to play him. I think it's probably a good fade, you know, for leverage mm. on the field um, with everybody else kind of playing him and, and it not really being a great matchup for him. Ryan, what about Devontae Adams? I mean, you know, there's Devontae Adams, I guess, and Jacoby Myers, and they seem to have kind of alternated for times. You know, one guy's up, one guy's kind of down. There's a huge price difference between the two. Devontae Adams, the guy we're all looking to, as Kyle noted, it sounds like he's going to be fine and play tonight. What do you think about those pass catchers, those two guys for the Raiders? Yeah, all season long, I feel like I've been leaning towards Jacoby Myers um, just as a much cheaper option that, you know, seems to be producing just about the same as Devontae Adams yeah. this season because, you know, he doesn't have – neither one of these guys really have a quarterback that can get him the ball consistently. So, um, you look at Aiden O'Connell, I think he's last in the league in throws of 15 or more yards downfield. Uh, I, I just don't know that he can get these guys the ball. I, I don't really love either one of these guys, to be honest. 
Ryan, if we're playing a quarterback tonight, let's say we have no, to do it. No, no. I know, I know. We have to do it. They're expensive, right? They're only $200 apart, though, on DraftKings. So the, the price point is, is virtually the same. Which way would you lean? And would you, if, again, if you have to, I'm not saying you're going to, but if you have to, which way would you lean? And do you take into account the report we got this week that says if Aiden O'Connell doesn't do well this week, he could be benched for Jimmy Garoppolo next week and think, if he struggles this week, they might go to Garoppolo at halftime or something like that, which then leans you towards Dick. Yeah, big risk there. Um, I do lean O'Connell. I think, A, the run game matchup that they have is horrendous. So I think that pretty quickly that's going to be shut down and they're kind of going to be forced to throw the ball. Um, and then you look at the, the weapons that he has, uh, obviously much better than what Easton Stick is throwing to. So. I do like O'Connell. I think there is a big risk there of them switching to Garoppolo because, you know, like I keep saying, I don't like either one of these offenses. So I don't think O'Connell's going to, you know, I think he's going to have a bad first half. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, at that point they do turn to Garoppolo. So um, it's risky to play either of these quarterbacks. It's risky to play any of these wide receivers. This is a pretty <laughs> ugly game tonight. Eckler is the only thing. Is Eckler your top captain call, or, or is there somebody catching up to him, or is it pretty significant in his favor? Very, yeah, very significant. Yeah. I, I ran uh, simulations like I do for this game for my article a thousand times, and he came up as the optimal captain like 60% of the time. Big number, big number. Uh, last thing, this may be putting it, you know, a week ago, we were sitting here and moaning about Zappy versus Trubisky. Here we are moaning about Stick versus O'Connell. I, I, you know, Zappy had three touchdowns in the first half. He didn't do anything in the third and fourth quarter. He went back to being Bailey Zappy. But do you recall? Was he the optimal captain in that game, Bailey Zappy, for that for that Steelers Patriots game? Do you remember? It was not him. It was Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Oh, he got all the touches. Yeah. Okay. But I'm guessing Zappy was a part of that optimal build. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. on there. Okay, so so it can happen, I think, is what I'm getting at. Is There can be moments where these quarterbacks, it's still, despite the lack of interest in these QBs, it's still a fact of DFS, right, where you probably have to choose one with your build, right? You know, at the start of the season, that, that was my rule, you know, one quarterback. I'm seeing more and more, though, these games where you've got two trash quarterbacks leading to trash offenses that <laughs> you're winding up with an optimal lineup without a quarterback. Um, hmm. A lot of times you're winding up with multiple defenses, you know, in the optimal lineup. So I don't think you need a quarterback tonight. Plan accordingly. Things are changing in 2023 as the QB changes, uh, field changes, I should say. Ryan, great stuff. Love talking to you. Um, enjoy the weekend. Uh, let's see. Do, do you handle stuff for the three day slate on Saturday or is that somebody else's job on Saturday? If I am, I have not been told that. So, okay. <laughs> so right now, right. He'll be doing Sunday night. Um, and of course, Monday, we'll talk with him again next week. Uh, Ryan, enjoy it, man. Thanks for jumping on. Okay. Thanks. Yes. Uh, we will have a write up. I guarantee you on Saturday, uh, we'll find out who's doing that. Ray probably has a schedule in front of them, but uh, we will have what I, I said yesterday, the three games on Saturday means something. Um, so a, if, if you're a real hardcore DFS player, that Saturday slate's fun because the game should be good. You've got them back to back to back. They're all on one network. Take your Saturday and, you know, give, give your wife the credit card for Christmas shopping and sit at home and just watch those games and play DFS. Because we'll have you covered here at the Fantasy Guru, right, Ray? We got somebody covering that Saturday. 
We do. Uh, on Saturday itself, we've got uh, the cheat sheet coming out by Mike Sillo, the GPP okay. breakdown by Chris Rose. Uh, and then obviously on, on Friday, we've got Clifford's notes, the live yeah. stream, all that kind of stuff. Kyle. Very good. Very good. Uh, questions kind of popping up in the uh, chat room while we're visiting with Ryan. Uh, Robin, wondering about a QB question. And Ray, this is one of those things where it's like, you know, 15 weeks in, you're like, gosh, why'd you draft those two? But 15 weeks ago, Ray, you wait at quarterback. It's very likely you end up with this combo mm -hmm. of Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. And, you know, sure, trade them, but it's very hard to trade quarterbacks. Maybe not as hard this year because it's gotten really bad with the backups and the injuries. But here we are, Ray, with one of these just, you know, ball-busting decisions of Dak or Purdy, Dak or Purdy. Who's your choice here? These these are probably two of the top four QBs going right now in fantasy football. Yeah, we've got both of them in the top six for matchups this week. Uh, my breakdown of the whole week is available over at fantasyguru.com. I just missed this week. I was like 14,800 words. So I just missed the 15,000. But that went up this morning. All the other stuff there as well. Remember, promo code HOHO for football through the end of the Super Bowl for DFS, seasonal, and betting. I've got Jack, Dak Prescott one spot ahead of Purdy. Now, this is another. we had a question like this earlier with the receivers. This is another one. There's not a wrong answer. Uh, I think we're splitting hairs there. Obviously, you know, you look at the matchups. Purdy has a little bit better matchup against Arizona than, than Prescott has against Buffalo. But Hyde's hurt. Epinesa's hurt for the Bills. So that we don't know where those guys are at. That If those two guys are down, that drastically changes the look of the defense for the Bills as well. I'm going Prescott. Again, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I'm a little concerned that the Niners just thrash the Cardinals and they don't necessarily open up the offense in the second half. I, I would go Purdy. I just feel I and this may be, you know, Buffalo's defense has been okay. But, Ray, I still feel going to Buffalo. It's tough. Uh, it's a later game, which means the weather could be a little bit more of an issue. So, I, I feel a little safer with Purdy. Um, I think Dak can really explode. But Purdy. Purdy's going to spot on uh, just because all of his weapons are there. I know there's not going to be any issue. It's going to be 70 degrees there, you know, in, inside the dome in Arizona for the Cardinals. Like I just feel there's more working for Ben. Top six guys, top five guys almost every week. I, I'm going to slide with uh, Purdy a bit more there. Eichel asked about this Josh Jacobs situation, and it, it appears he's not going to be able to go. So we will treat our answer as to if he will not play. Would you go with Zamir White? Soon would be the fill-in over either Najee or Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson's one of these guys who did not practice yesterday and missed, uh, I want to say, well, they were on bye last week, but I think two weeks ago, didn't he miss like the last quarter and a half, yeah. maybe two weeks ago? He only ago played 15 snaps or something like that, yeah. And, and coming off the bye and then not practicing is a little worrisome. Mm -hmm. Um, but here we got to make the decision today. We're not going to have much more information on Robinson. I, I would say this, if Robinson practices today, because we may get that practice report by the time we got to make this decision, I, I, I probably hold off on White. I probably leave him on my bench ray, and I save this decision for Sunday or Saturday in the case of Najee Harris. Nice. I, I would save it between Harris and Robinson if Robinson is, is back in practicing today. Yeah, this is a moving target we're going with right now I have right now here at 8 45 in the morning or 8 40 in the morning pacific time on thursday i have zamir white a spot ahead of robinson and i have Najee harris like four spots behind robinson so i'm going to say zamir white 
Uh, I think there's obviously concerns with Harris uh, and, you know, Warren eating into his workload and the fact that Harris is not involved as a pass catcher. He really needs to get in the end zone to pay off. He's that floor guy, kind of the Chris Godwin of running backs, just gets you those 10, 11 points. But what is there? You, you, you know, correctly pointed out the situation with Robinson. There's always a, a, you know, a risk of a setback, even if he does play. So I'm going to go Zamir White. I'm not going to feel great about it. Um, I don't because we talked about this earlier in the show. We're prognosticating what makes sense with the Raiders, but teams don't always do what makes sense. The, the problem, and I'm actually going to choose to wait. I'm going to like kick this decision 48 hours and, and just decide between Harris and Robinson. The issue there is I'm not getting a ton of extra information because of this Saturday game for Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. Like I really wish he was playing Sunday along with Robinson. So we get that Sunday morning reporting. And, and we got a good read, usually, if Robinson's going to play by Sunday. I don't know if we're going to have that by Saturday. But like I said, if he practices today, okay, I feel pretty good. If he practices Friday, I feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see Zamir White as like a hammer spot tonight. I'm, I'm not really feeling that. Again, so I said one we, spot ahead of Robinson. I agree. He's yeah, not a hammer to, spot either. To me, I'd rather get more information and just decide between Harris and Robinson. And I'm actually fine. If it's a Najee Harris decision, I'm fine with that against Indy. Mm-hmm. I don't hate that if I've no. got to go that route. So for me, I'm saying no to White. And then uh, Saturday morning, I'll make the call, I guess, on Harris or Robinson. Uh, appreciate the questions there, Michael. Great one. Uh, really appreciate you jumping on board there. If you got any other questions, uh, send them our way. Uh, right now, we're going to break away from the football for a moment. Uh, it's a Thursday. It's another weekend of soccer action in the English Premier League. We like to give a few minutes every week to uh, something we love talking about. Uh, Ani Sridhar is with us. He covers the DFS landscape in Fantasy Premier League. He is the man who gets us set each and every weekend. want to remind people, uh, for those that play season-long FPL, uh, there is a game tomorrow. Uh, I think Nottingham Forest and Tottenham are facing off, so it is an early lock going into the weekend. Uh, which, Ani, it's good to see you. Good to have you back. Um, kind of a pain in the ass, is it not, to have the early lock on Friday because we got this giant decision on Erling Holland of Man City, who he's the Otani, if you will, of, of the English Premier League, but his status is totally up in the air. And, of course, Man City doesn't play until Saturday morning. What's what's your gut telling you about Erling Holland going into game week 17? Yeah, Kyle, first of all, thanks for uh, having me again here. Good to see you. But uh, it's pretty simple for me, and I've already made my decision, you know. I, uh, I've i already sold Erling Holland. It's done. It's been done. It's uh, He has been transferred out of my team. I had two free transfers this week because I didn't make any last week. So I was able to get a guy like Trent Alexander-Arnold back in, someone who's been on a roll. Um, I know that uh, you like him this week as well. They're taking on Manchester United. We all remember what happened last time Liverpool and United played at Anfield, that uh, famous 7-0 victory last season. So uh, uh, I'm very happy to get Trent in my lineup. And, uh, yeah, uh, 14 mil from Holland going out the door uh, opened up a lot of uh, opportunities for me, I guess, this week. Yeah, to put it in perspective, I don't know about you, Ani, but it's certainly me. Erling Holland has been an every week component of my lineup for like a year and a half at least in fantasy play. So this very, I mean, he's owned by like 75, 80% of the players the world over. Uh, He's dealing with a bit of a fit injury. The other thing to keep in mind here for those wavering, and and I've not made the move yet, Ani. Um, I think I probably will, but we should add next week, Man City's off. 
So it's a little easier to stomach the idea of moving on from him if we don't think he's going to play Saturday. And of course, there's no match next week. Yeah, that's the bigger thing, right? Like, is it so like when I made my transfer, I obviously didn't fill the full quota I had, you know, available to me because no one else is expensive as Erling Holland. So I do have some uh, leftover, quote, money, uh, but I'd rather have leftover money to rebuy Erling Holland when I need to than you know, have 14 mil just on my yeah. bench. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather have the money to get him back when I need, because we do have AFCON coming up, which means guys like Mo Salah, Nico Jackson are going to be gone in uh, the second week of January for their tournament in Africa. And we got the Asia cup coming up. So Sun yeah. is going to be leaving as well. <laughs> Those are three big names, big FPL guys that we're going to be replacing. And I see this as an opportunity to sell Holland now, and when it's time for me to sell Mo Salah when he's leaving for AFCON is when I'm going to bring Holland back. Great that's, that's kind of where I'm looking now. And that's how I'm playing these uh, these free transfers, as you will, because now I'm only going to have one next week after using two this week. So maybe I save that to get two more when I need to sell off. So. Yeah, it's a headache. It's different from other fantasy sports. We're in the middle of the season. Guys just go and play other places. But the strategy is is great. I love that you laid it out that way of, that moment when you have to sell Son or sell Salah, you can bring Erling Holland back on board. Ani Sridhar is with us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, one other thing with this decision, I know you do the DFS write-up at Fantasy Guru. You'll have it Saturday morning. I think it's a four-game slate Saturday morning starting at 10 a.m. You're in Discord as the lineups drop. You're helping people set their lineups. Julian Alvarez, is, is, is he going to be a must-play if Holland is out for Man City this week? Yeah, um, it, even if Holland was playing, I think Alvarez would be pretty high on my list of guys to roster because he's not only been a goal scorer, and we know this from the beginning of the year, he's just a playmaker for City. You know, he was racking up those assist numbers to one-two punch with Erling Holland. Um, if he's the primary striker and the guys like Doku and Foden are also playing on the wings, I might take a ch- look at maybe go cheaper with a guy like Doku. Uh, on the left wing there, or even a Phil Foden, because uh, in DFS, we're not only looking for goals, but, you know, we want crosses, chances created, yeah. shots assisted. And if, Hol- if Alvarez is playing the main striker position, he kind of becomes what Holland was in a kind of a goal or bust situation. And for that price, don't know if it's safe for floor, to be honest. Um, Erling Holland is usually a, a captain's pick. Obviously, that'll change this weekend. Uh, many people are looking at Mo Salah versus Son Hyun-min. Um, Son or Salah? Let's see. Liverpool has Man U and Son playing on Friday. Uh, Tottenham has Nottingham Forest. Who's your captain's call there? Yeah, so last week I went Mo Salah as captain instead of uh, Holland, and that paid off big time for me, and I got the, uh, you know, the 26-odd points from uh, Mo. Hear me out, Kyle. In the league that I'm in, all right, I'm in 15th out of 30. I need to get differenti- uh, differential uh-huh. here to make a push. I am captaining Nico Jackson this week. Oh, boy, you're really going off the there you, I, you know, <laughs> they're playing against Sheffield United at home. Sheffield probably been the worst defensive team this season. This is a spot where Nico, we've seen it against bad teams, against a team like Luton. He can score two or even three goals. And if I'm the only one in this league with Nico Jackson as captain and he nets two for me, that's a big push. I will vice captain Mo Salah, though. That's for sure. And I think if you want to get different from Son or Salah, I think Trent 
is not a bad captain play as well against this. Yeah, I think Alexander team. Arnold. Yeah, I think you're right there. I feel a little safer with him than Nicholas. J. I love the attitude though, man. Yeah, I love the that's, that's 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 the GPP captain, Nico Jackson. Yeah. That's the GPP play. You know, I mentioned Liverpool, Man U. Um, you know, even if you don't necessarily follow this stuff, you know those teams. You've heard those, and and that's the big match. You know, the big six head to head. Yeah. But man, it's like th this game is taking place at Anfield. Um, Man U is all over the place, mostly down. Are are they setting themselves up to get blasted on Sunday? Is this a is this a spot where like if you can get Liverpool assets, you really like them against Man U come up Sunday afternoon? Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, I guess, if you're a Man United fan to see the state of the club right now. Uh, I guess you feel better about yourselves than Chelsea fans, at, like I am. <laughs> but uh, uh, this could be Eric Ten Hag's farewell game, uh, so to speak. Um, they came last in their Champions League group. They're out of European competition. Uh, their suspensions, I believe Bruno Fernandez is out for this game as I think well. He's one away, isn't he? Or I think he's one card yet away from okay. being suspended. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's either one card or he's out for this because I okay. might have read that he might be out just. That's why he, it was all or nothing for him again the midweek because he was not going to be here uh, for okay. the weekend. But either way, I it, this is setting up for Liverpool thrashing. To be honest, like I think it's goals galore for Liverpool at home here at Anfield. They've been tough to beat. So, top of the table. Speaking of uh, card suspensions, another regular in uh, FPL, Kieran Trippier of Newcastle is indeed on the one day. Uh, the uh, one game sit down, he got his fifth yellow last week, so he has to take the week off. Ani Sridhar with us. Uh, let's see, one last thing, uh, that main slate that you're going to have the write-up. Um, four games, I was looking at, let's see, Man City, Newcastle, Chelsea. Fulham is a part of this main slate. They've had 10 goals in the last two matches. Um, early read on this weekend for that slate, are there any players or maybe even squads that you're kind of siding with as you look ahead to that main slate starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday? Yeah, the two teams that I'll definitely be stacking here are Chelsea and Bournemouth. Bournemouth have been really good in the past couple of uh, weeks. Under the new manager, they are rolling, this Bournemouth squad. They're coming off an impressive victory at Man United last weekend. They are scoring goals, so a guy like Solanke is definitely mm -hmm. on my radar. Tavernier is on my radar from that Bournemouth team. And as I mentioned before, Chelsea taking on Sheffield United – I mean, guys like Cole Palmer, Nico Jackson, Raheem Sterling, all in play here uh, against our arguably the worst team in the league in Sheffield. Uh, it's a nice differentiating play from, you know, Man City. And uh, I know Olise has been kind of my cash game lock recently from Crystal Palace just because of how involved he is in that uh, Palace attack. But with such great matchups for Bournemouth and Chelsea, I can't think I can fit Olise in this weekend. Yeah, for anybody selling Holland, too, in the season-long side, Solanke kind of fits very well up front. Um, Ali Watkins, of course, but Solanke may be a little more of a, yeah. of a lesser-owned option there up front as you replace Holland. Again, Saturday morning is the main slate, uh, 10 a.m. We do have the Friday afternoon affair between Tottenham and Nottingham Forest, so you want to get that lineup locked pretty early this week. Um, again, follow Ani in Discord, follow him with the uh, write-ups over at Fantasy Guru, and Pretty well every Thursday. We check in with Ani here on the show. Ani, thank you so much, man. We'll bid you adieu and talk soon. You got it, Kyle. Good luck this Ani week. Ani talking some uh, EPL, FPL, if you will, with us here on FSD. Ray Flowers now back with us. A uh, couple of other quick things on the NFL side, some other injuries. And, and you know, at this point, 
what are you paying attention to? But but Stroud is still not practicing. Very unlikely for this weekend. Um, other DMPs outside of the receivers, A.J. Dillon, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Devon Achan, again, this time it's a toe injury for Achan. Jonathan Taylor, not looking very good with that dislocated thumb. He didn't practice, and we talked about Robinson. Um, Aaron Jones was limited for the Packers on Wednesday. Uh, Darren Waller was going to try his best to be ready to go this weekend. We'll see. Uh, Taysom Hill is back at practice. That's some good news. Um, Dalton Schultz, if you're still waiting on him at tight end, is uh, probably going to be back in week 15. Uh, we did have a question, Ray, in the comment room. Let's see. This is Timothy. Or actually, Khan. Sorry about that. Um, Ford against Javante Williams. Not only this week, but for the season through the fantasy playoffs. You know, I hesitate to say it's this guy. It, to me, Ray, without looking at the schedules for these mm -hmm. two guys in particular, it's a week-by-week -week decision. You know, no guy to me has said, I kind of like Javante Williams overall more than mm -hmm. Jerome Ford. And quite simply, the only reason for that is Williams gets the work in the green zone. We, we haven't seen a whole lot of Ford inside the 20. We see a lot more of Kareem Hunt there with Cleveland. Yeah, I think that we haven't separated this week with Ford ahead by like two spots in the rankings at fantasyguru.com to Kyle's point. I think there's going to be a lot of similarity with these two guys. Uh, you look at the matchups moving forward. Cleveland has got the Jets in week 17. That could go horribly wrong for Cleveland. That's a tough matchup. Denver's got the Patriots in week 16. That could go horribly wrong. So both teams have one matchup that is really rough uh, if you look at it from a broad perspective. Uh, I would tend to say if I had to choose one, I would choose Williams. But Kyle's point is completely valid. This is not – this is a slam dunk. One guy's going to be 15 yeah. spots ahead of the other guy. It's obvious. I really do think, as Kyle said, the best way to play with these two guys is to feel good you got to these two guys, to look at them both and say, if I start either one, I'm in a good spot, but probably have to do a matchup thing for the next three weeks. Got a couple of more uh, Zamir White questions that have popped up. Timothy, Zamir White, or David Njoku, assuming PPR – I'm still going in Joku, which is kind of wild to think, Ray, that I would choose a tight end over a, a guy who's starting as a running back. I just, I, I I understand why people are playing Zamir White, and we do this every week, Ray. A starting running back goes out, you get excited about the backup. I, I just don't know if this particular backup has me excited on this offense in this matchup. It's just not one I'm too gung-ho about for Zamir White. Well, you see, and I'll say it this way. It's a short week, too. I'll say it this way. If you had Jacobs and you're going Zamir White, I get it. Mm -hmm. If you're running to the wave wire adding Zamir White's thinking he's a cheat code, I don't really get that. Again, this is not a good offense. It is possible they make a quarterback change. I believe Devontae Adams plays, but he's not at 100%. He's dealing with illness. This offense just did what last week? Nothing. Yeah. So Zamir White is a risk. Zamir White goes 13 carries for 55 yards. He catches two or three passes for 18 yards. Pretty solid day. 10 PPR points doesn't get you anything. So I, I agree with Kyle. I'm going to go with Njoku here, which is, again, not normal. Uh, Njoku is catching five or six passes every week. He's getting 60 yards every week. Uh, he's a, an integral part of their offense. I keep using that word today. But, I, you know, again, he's not a ceiling play. The ceiling yeah. play, as crazy as it sounds, is Zamir White. But the floor, I think, is also lower as well. You missed the ceiling on Njoku last week when he, when he kind of went off. But uh, I, I think he's good for four to five catches in this offense. And again, as long as it's PPR, I'm going that route. Uh, Jason follows up. Uh, Zamir, or do you wait around on A-Chan or Jerome Ford? I'd probably wait around, Ray. So would I. I, I think A-Chan has it. Miami, I feel like they've been resting guys a lot in practices the last week or two. You know, DMPs everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
you know, guys like Mostert, guys like Hill, certainly A-Chan as well. I think he's going to play. Mm-hmm. And I, so I don't want to make this decision on Thursday. And then, Ray, I wake up Sunday and there's A-Chan. And, and honestly, Ray, at this point, A-Chan deserves a start. He's he's not used a ton, but where he is used and how he is used is certainly fantasy friendly. Yeah, and just to point this out too, uh, and I've been writing about this in my Coffin Corner piece that comes out on Fridays at FantasyGuru.com. Jerome Ford's a running back two this season. Mm-hmm. He's like running back 21 or 22 this season. So I'm always surprised every week, like no one wants to start this guy and I get it. It's not sexy, but given the relative struggles of the position for the elite level production, he's always there. Totally agree with Kyle. I'm not starting uh, Zamir White with those two other options. I'm certainly going to wait and play it out and see what the health is of HN. But if he's active, I agree with you, Kyle. It's very, very difficult not to have HN active if he's on the field for the Dolphins. Good stuff, uh, Jason, Timothy, Robin, uh, Greg Kellogg in there helping us out too. So appreciate all the back and forth there uh, in the chat room. Make use of it. If you're hanging out in the YouTube room or even on Twitter, X, you can uh, always hit us up. Or Facebook. Questions there. Questions Our Facebook. Facebook too. Oh, is that where they go? Okay. Oh, yeah. Got me. Um, oh, here's a quick one. Red comment. If Madison doesn't play, and again, he's dealing with an ankle injury Saturday game, would you bench Javante Williams or Ridley for Ty Chandler? Trying to think, let's line up all these games um, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, the the timing of games is Minnesota. Minnesota is the first game on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Javante Williams is the third game on Saturday. Uh, Ridley plays, I think it's on Sunday, middle of the day. I, I'm not all fired up about Ty Chandler. I, I, if I've got Javante Williams and Calvin Ridley, Ray, I just feel better about those players. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't just go all in on, on Chandler, even if he is the lone running back to the Vikings. Yeah. Again, I, we don't want to be a hero. It's fantasy playoffs, right? I think starting Chandler's a little bit of being a hero. Cause remember they're making a quarterback change to Nick Mullins. That could go horribly wrong. The offense didn't do Jack Diddley last week. I don't Justin like Jeff- this matchup. I think they're yeah. going to get pretty well pounded by the Bengals. Right. Actually. Yeah. Justin Jefferson's supposed to play as we sit here today. Right now, what we think, who knows if he plays, who knows if he he you know, plays a full game like it, that. Geez. So yeah, I agree with you. He would not be someone that I'd be starting over Williams or Ridley. Okay. Good stuff. Really appreciate it. Obviously tomorrow uh, we can get some more questions in as we get closer to the start of game uh, week 15 discords always open too. Uh, before we get out of here, Ray, quick bit of baseball, not really newsworthy, but but certainly worth mentioning. The Dodgers, who uh, have not yet pulled off that trade for Tyler Glasnow. Yesterday, it sounded like that may happen on uh, Wednesday. It did not. Could still happen, uh, but that has not happened as of yet. Uh, also, not as of yet, Ray, is a decision by Yamamoto, uh, who's, I don't know, every time I look up, Ray, the price tag continues to escalate. It sounds like he's going to get at least $250 million from whatever team. And the Dodgers are in that game, too, as they look for some pitching stability. Um, In fact, Ray, yesterday they were said to have met with Yamamoto and his representatives, and they brought out the big guns. Uh, Freddie Freeman went to the meeting. Mookie Betts went to the meeting. And Shohei Itani went to the meeting. This is like LeBron in Miami all of a sudden, Ray. He's recruiting everybody to town. Well, all they need him to do is take $150 million deferred. (laughs) <laughs> and then the Dodgers can have $1 billion, $1 billion of deferred payments. Um, I mean, again, I get it. The signs are Dodgers or Yankees are kind of what like the majority of people think. And it's, it's, I have said this previously, it's terrible for baseball. It's just terrible for baseball because the Dodgers aren't doing it straight. Hmm. And uh, it would be a, a juggernaut. We got the news to, uh, as well that, you know, Clayton Kershaw hopes to pitch half the season next year. 
He's not committing 100% to the Dodgers. He might go home to Texas or something. So the Dodgers, as you said yesterday, when we were talking class, now really need an arm. And yeah. so it makes a lot of sense they're in heavy on Yamamoto. Did you see that if um, – well, there's two th- I was talking to Jim Bowden yesterday, and he you know, he made mention like all this deferred money for Otani. It's like that's, what, 10 years from now, upwards of 20 years from now. I think the current owner's in his 70s. You know, that's going to be the next owner's problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if that will have an effect on, you know, there's going to be a, if that organization comes up, it's like a $5 billion purchase. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. The LA Dodgers would cost that much. So I don't know if even $680 million over 10 years is going to bother somebody, <laughs> you know, if they're, if they're willing to spend $5 billion. But the other part, Ray, is I, I think, what is it, the the team president or owner if any of them move on at any point in the 10-year contract with Otani, he has an opt-out mm-hmm. to leave if, in effect, the front office changes, which is a huge commitment. That, that's almost a bigger commitment than the $700 million rate is saying, yeah, the same two dudes are going to be here for the entire 10 years. Right. And if either of them leaves, sickness, health, their own decision, they suck, whatever, Otani will have an opt-out is what we're hearing on this contract. Yeah, the Associated Press reported that. And I I mean, really, I can't imagine Otani leaving, right? But what a hammer for power. Oh, my, my goodness, right? And like you're saying, you know, that now the pieces start to come together. Well, we don't really want to do this deferred. Well, okay, well, oh, you, you're going to put in there that I have to be here for the next 10 years. Well, yeah, let's do it. So it's, you know, it's double serving on both sides. Uh, I get, I would be shocked if Otani would decide to move on, but... Having it out, I mean, geez, like I, it's great. Uh, uh, when this started, I thought Otani's agent and Otani, eh, you know, the, yeah. the more the information that comes out, the more I realize they killed it. Uh, the actual person, uh, people, Mark Walter, who is the controlling owner of the Dodgers, and the president of baseball ops, Andrew Friedman. If either of those two guys, what's it, ha- lose their roles with the team. Um, how does the controlling, I guess the controlling owner can be thrown out by the rest of the people. Well, he can sell part of his team and become a minority owner. That would yeah. change his role. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, that deal is, it really leaped and changed the marketplace, you know, just crazy. changed everything, I think. Um, as it maybe should be. He's he's a once-in-a-lifetime player, but I think everybody needs to realize maybe this is a once-in-a-lifetime contract for a player like this. You know, if you're just an outfielder, who cares? <laughs> you got to do both if you want this kind of contract. Um, okay, Ray, that'll do it for us. Enjoy the game tonight to the best of your abilities. You know, last week surprised us, so maybe we can mm-hmm. have another surprise uh, this week on Thursday. We will be back tomorrow, 11 a.m., uh, with a lot of thoughts going into week 15. Uh, pretty well, nothing but football. Uh, coming your way tomorrow on FSD. Uh, Ray, thanks for the time, and uh, be safe, okay? Yeah, you too, Kyle. Looking forward to talking to you tomorrow. You bet. Kyle Offering here. Ray Flowers there. Thanks to you for joining us. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.